Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a 24 recap as we get rid of the bomb. Who cares about that? It blew up. Whoop de doo, Basil, because that's literally the, the opinions of everyone on this show now uh, after 10 minutes. Oh, the bomb's gone. Oh, well, back to work. Um, as we get into 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., this episode first aired on the 25th of March, a week after my birthday. Yay. 2003. Oh, yay. Well, sort of. Literally a week after mine. It's like, what, three days after <laughs> Two days, yours. yeah. Yeah, so, God, just stop making me about you, Colin. Uh, Happy late birthday to us. <laughs> exactly. Only 19 years later. Um, written by Howard Gordon and Evan Katz, directed by Ian Toynton. And just remind everyone that this time last season, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., this is the greatest episode of 24 of all time. Now this episode... <laughs> is here uh so we'll talk about this and i'll be intrigued to hear about stuff my name is ben and i know you're all tired but this isn't over yet and my name is colin and no offense ben but your experience as a host is limited yep that's very true and while we're on that vote for uh off the podium like the sports <laughs> podcast awards i believe by this time this airs it's still going sportspodcastawards.com um at the time of recording this is still number one so go us. Um, look, I I feel like I was a bit near. Like this episode's fine. Like it's 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 decent and it's okay. Um, it's it's somewhat good in some points and it's got some good moments in it. Then there's Kim. Um, <laughs> and but then it also just like it it start like to me. I want this episode to be more of a reactory. I, I realize like we've been going oh the bomb get rid of it let's move on and we like this sort of plot line that's coming now in the last what nine or so episodes but. I just feel like I spent this whole season going like, guys, hurry up. There's a nuclear bomb. Like, come on, be more urgent. The bomb's gone off. Everyone's like, oh, shock. And then like within 10 minutes, it's like, so did you watch the game yesterday? Like, I mean, it's just, there's no, like a nuclear <laughs> bomb just went off in America on American soil. And then it's like, so what do you want to do now? Like, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I mean, outside of that, like, I, I don't mind this episode. I, I, I feel I'm all over the shot with what I'm trying to say about this episode. It's not, it's not a terrible episode, but it's not a brilliant episode. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with you if you're watching this chronologically, because this is the start of the good storylines when they start to take their time and give you a little bit of intrigue and uh, everything that happens from this point on is kind of what I wanted in this season. And maybe if they had reversed things, maybe if they'd started off with this and then work their way up to the bomb, but then we wouldn't have had the great surprise, but it's that great surprise of the bomb just exploded. And we're only at episode 15 that the audience is reacting to still. And we talked last week about how 19 years later, we're still 
you know, caught off guard. We're still like, I can't believe that they did this in episode 15. Like they exploded a nuclear bomb, not even at the midseason mark, just at a random episode in the second half of the season. This is the biggest thing they've ever done in television. And I think we needed at least one week of the characters reacting to this. And maybe if we had had a little bit uh, more of these stories tied together, because we see some of the civil unrest that's happening with uh, Kim mm. in a liquor store, uh, which I, I want more of that. But the problem is, is when we get to the Kim stuff, there's issues with that where even it's not as big of a deal as it should be. And I, I, if you just tweak this a little bit, and we, we've also gone through how the writers just wanted to be done with this bomb, but everything with this season almost feels like the writers are they're 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 what would be the easiest way to say this they're they're almost drunk. in revolt right now they're drunk yes <laughs> <laughs> they're sniffing glue uh, <laughs> but but they're almost in revolt they're they're resenting everything that the network has told them to do and that you know the producers have told them to do by saying we want a nuclear bomb and we want kim in peril every single week so they're they're intentionally sabotaging their own story like oh we're so done with the bomb now that we're just gonna have all the characters done with the bomb but like if you just put a little bit of effort into just one week with some of that aftermath help the audience come down from that i think that this episode could have been better i think you know it's a well-known fact we've discussed about it we've had it with guests on the show that a season of 24 is never planned out you know it, it is they kind of do it as they go along and there are some seasons of that shows and some that it doesn't. I, I would argue that season one, yeah, there were moments where you're like, okay, well, what are they doing? But like, for the most part, if you watch season one and didn't know that, I think you feel it's pretty structured outside of a yeah. few little things that we obviously did with some plot holes along the way. And I think there are definitely seasons moving forward where, I mean, season five, for example, is a season where it's like, well, like that to me feels like that was planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, they do it in a way that's really good. Even next season, I would argue it feels a lot more structured. This season does not feel like it at all. And I think that, you know, you sell this season on a nuclear bomb is going to go off in the US. Okay. And, like, we've gone over the shock and everything. But, like, now we're at this point where we this episode almost feels like a season one episode, particularly when we've almost got, like, Jack on the phone to, you know, Gaines telling him what to do and sneaking things out. And like, this is sometimes what we talked a lot about last season. But sometimes you just need something simple and it's entertaining. And... You know, that's where I'm enjoying some of the stuff with this episode. But again, this episode, I think, signifies what's wrong with this season is that sometimes it feels so rushed and sometimes it feels like they're just dragging it out and no one's reacting to anything. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I feel more people reacted last season to a presidential candidate potentially being assassinated than they yeah. do to a nuclear fucking bomb going off. Mm-hmm. And like, as you said, like, yeah, I want to explore this more civil unrest. And like even a news report of... Oh, an an explosion. People saying it might be nuclear. Yeah. (laughs) Giant mushroom cloud in the distance, (laughs) lights up half the sky. You can see it from freaking Oregon airspace. Um, And you're going, "Hmm, might be a nuclear bomb. Not too sure. And can I just point out, just to get this over and done with, why does Palmer wait six fucking hours to address the nation? Yes. Bush addressed the nation like within hours after 9-11 before doing a proper one later in the day. Fucking release a statement straight away. Like, how does this guy remain in office for like long? Like, he's good at some points, but I think we're really pinpointing that Palmer kind of is a shitty president. (laughs) This is also like, we're going off of, okay, well, it's California time. It's midnight. Nobody's going to be awake until six in the morning. Except all the people on the West Coast have felt the tremor 
and yeah. seen that flash of light. So they're awake. But then let's look at the people on the East Coast. It's currently 2 a.m. for them. You want to wait six hours till 8 a.m. when everybody's starting work. So they don't even have the opportunity. To, the radio's off. I'm at work. Okay, no no media policy. No going on the internet. <laughs> you know, just, just do your job. Nobody's going to find out about this until they get home in the evening, which is what, like, you know, 14 hours later, like, come on, just do a news. If, if 9-11, 9-11 happened to happen in the early morning hours, uh, I remember, you know, my mom waking me up saying, hey, there's something on the news. You might want to see this. But like, if it had happened to happen at 2 a.m., you know, I guarantee CNN's not going to be like, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of a flash in the, by the World Trade Center. We'll get more on this at eight. <laughs> it, I mean, we, we don't live in America and Australia, obviously, but it happened to for us it was like 11 11 30 at night midnight basically uh, i remember it vividly i remember everything that happened on that day watching it um and all our networks blanket coverage from that point on and we don't even live in that damn country um so yeah like it would be and like this is the thing i mean this is where you play it this is where i think they miss an opportunity to play it off to why maybe people are a bit blase about it like say with the trucks i mean it's not just a flash in the mushroom cloud that thing's gonna cause some fucking tremors like i mean yeah. god's sakes like but this is where you play it off as like an la thing like just be like oh it's la it's just it's just a tremor like like literally i think about independence day when like the the big bit of the, the beginning of the the movie when the spaceships are coming over the city right and when you get first introduced to will smith he's laying in bed and he's like, what's that, an earthquake? And then, like, his wife's just straight away like, oh, it's not even a four-pointer. Go back to sleep. Like, they're just, mm-hmm. they're Los Angelians. Like, they just get used to it. Like, it's just, it's a thing. Play that off as a joke. Like, oh, that yeah. wasn't a nuclear bomb. It was an earthquake. Like, come on, really, people? Let's go back to rioting and being racist. Like, that's, <laughs> that's kind we of We love you all, our Los Angeles listeners. <laughs> I, I have nothing against the city of angels. I've been there, the, the city I've visited the most in my life in the U.S. It's a fine city, um, but it's not my fine. preference. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not Winnipeg, but I mean, <laughs> anyway, point is like, again, like just, uh, we're nitpicking for nitpicking sake. But anyway, I think that, I mean, the best stuff of the reaction is kind of, you still got like the opening of the episode where you've kind of almost got like the, oh, and like everyone's sort of reacting, but then they're just like, okay, get that. I'll get Kim over and done with, but like the, the the thing I will say with like Kim and Alicia Cuthbert, like the first half of this episode, I'm on board. I'm loving it. Like I, I love this bit where Kim's just like sitting there and she just sits there and just like basically on the street and just breaks down. I'm like, but this I'm, is what I'm I want. This. She shuts up. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. She's silent. Um, Like Alicia Cuthbert's really good here. And like, I just, I just like this reaction. This is what I want. I want this like Kim reacts like this and these kind of shell shot. She's she's she thinks she's an orphan now, you know, like she's mm-hmm. lost her mum and her dad. So I think I want to play more up on this of like you know Kim's reacting to the death of her dad because remember we didn't get to see Kim's reaction to Terry dying last season. We we yeah. don't know how she reacted. So this is the first real time we ever get to see her she reacting. Took up swimming. To- <laughs> yeah, well, she did. And what a body. But then like from there. She's just stumbling along the road and just all of a sudden pops into Larry's liquor mart. Um, now, this guy's off something. I need to look him up. Um, but, you know, he's all sus and whatever, and she's just like, oh, can I use your bathroom? And he's all like, okay. Um, first of all, this guy's racist and sexist. Let's the pretty blonde oh, yeah. girl in. But uh, when it comes to the slightly Latino-looking dude with his pregnant <laughs> wife, like, no, no, you go away now. Um, he doesn't have a nice set of boobs and goes swimming apparently. Um, gotta ask though, how long is Kim in the fucking bathroom for? 
<laughs> I swear, like, you see, like, go to the store at, like, 25 past 11, and by the time she's, like, like she's taking a massive dump, or, like, is she just, uh, like, she's, having another shower? You found like, it. I mean, you found it. You, you found the Canadian woman with IBS that you yeah. can be with for the rest of your life. She's got a disease. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I might not be a, a hockey player, but, uh, you know. <laughs> But um, but like I mean seriously, like this guy already, he's like the the store owner is a bit of a you know like oh hurry up, um like why isn't he banging on the door going like love are you all right in there <laughs> like how you doing um like you need, we've got some laxatives here if it helps um it's Frank's by the way King's Liquor is and this guy is Brent Sexton who I probably should have looked this up beforehand but he's definitely from something um. But anyway, so, oh, I mean, nothing's going to happen here, is it, Colin? It's Kim. Like, yeah. we're just seeing a lovely night of her going to the bathroom. She's going to simply go, thanks, mate, on my way. And that, that's it, my lady. Uh, and then just dips a fedora and then buggers off back into L.A. to mourn a father. Nothing could possibly go wrong here <laughs> until we've got the slightly Latino-looking guy banging on the door. Please, please, my wife's pregnant. I need stuff. And he's like, oh, we're closed. Like, damn it. Not closed. And then, of course, what happens? This guy fucking smashes through the window, gets into a bit of a fight. Uh, oh, not yet. No, he does get into a fight straight away, doesn't he? Uh, and, of course, Kim. Oh, here she is. Old tough as nails bower Kim pulls out a gun. And, like, this is just where it's so stupid because an hour ago she was willing to shoot a guy's window out, a guy who... I mean, I'm still questioning was he more threatening, but, I mean, he got out and looked like he was going to storm up to her. But she's all, like, back into bring-it-on mode from season one. (laughs) Bang, bang, pew, 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 fuck off, mate. Whereas now this guy, slightly aggravated guy because of bomb and my wife's pregnant, why doesn't she, like, fucking fire around off the things like, you don't know what I've been up to, bring it on. She just lets him take the gun. Stupid, bloody, ugh. I don't want to use any negative words, but you're an idiot. Um, so this guy does his midnight shopping, as he does, buy some Depends and some <laughs> Fiji water, I he think goes, it is. He goes right for the Cheetos, which I thought was great, and a loaf of bread. We're going to yep. make some Cheeto sandwiches, pregnant And he's got wife. pancake mix as well, if you're looking there. Big old <laughs> box of pancake mix. Fuck. He's jonesing for some pancakes. Mmm. Nuclear bomb goes off. Let's get the pancakes out, kids. Um, so everything's going fine and he's, he's going to be at least nice. He's going to at least pay for it. I'm not a criminal. I want to pay for this. So, okay, fair enough. But then I'll know the cops show up and they straight away start questioning his wife. So he gets a bit aggravated and our mate, Larry, whatever this guy's name is, starts in a fight and I'll know he gets shot and, oh no, we've got to stand off. I mean, of course we do. Of course we do. Kim just can't just like, swear to God, if I ever met Alicia Cuthbert, I'm not doing anything with her because I'd like, I'd fucking walk down the street and I'd be like, held hostage. Aliens would abduct me or something like that. Like, I don't know. Fucking cougars would come flying out. Um, oh, he was in W. Maybe that's what I know him from. Love that movie. Uh, yeah, that's Kim. Cool. Anything dad? <laughs> I was so optimistic coming into this episode because you know it is almost a joke while kim gets held up in a liquor store robbery or whatever but it's the first time this season where something happens to kim and it does tie into the rest of the plot and it makes sense that she would be in peril but then somehow still the writers find a way to ruin this because if this had simply been listen 
a nuclear bomb went off. We all know that was a nuclear bomb. If this liquor store guy was like, no, I'm closed. I know we're open for another hour, but I'm closing up early because I clearly saw a mushroom cloud in the distance. If this yeah. guy was even like, that's a nuclear bomb, but they go as far as to, to, they're trying to hide this. The writers are trying to hide it because they, they don't want to explore this civil unrest thing too much. So they have it where the only person who actually knows this is a nuclear bomb is this guy because his brother works for the radiation department or whatever in San Jose. Like if, 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 if it had simply been, we all know that's a nuclear bomb. He goes, no, no, no. My brother, who also used to be in foster care, and knows Nest. that was a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Nest, yes. My brother works in Nest. Uh, and that was definitely a nuclear bomb. Like it's, it's such a small thing, but having it be where this guy has some connection that's an expert that says it's a nuclear bomb, it takes the story down because now it does suddenly become, oh, well, Kim's just in coincidental apparel, uh, apparel again. Yes. <laughs> All of her clothes items are so coincidental, uh, but she's in, she's in peril again, just by coincidence. Like, don't have that line in there. Have it be, listen, there's a nuclear bomb. Have everybody saying that was a nuclear bomb. You don't even have to go as far. You could still maintain the, the thing about, well, we're going to wait six hours because we don't have the whole country erupting. But these are the people closest to the blast. And, and yeah. I'm sorry, like, Kim watched this blast within walking distance. But is, she's clearly on a residential road. There is a liquor store there. You know, <laughs> this is a small unpaved road. It is not the freeway where there is nobody there to witness this. A lot of people, at least in this area, are going to know that's a nuclear bomb. So have them know it's a nuclear bomb. Don't have it be only because my brother called me and said, that's definitely a nuclear. It is definitely a nuclear bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what ruins this storyline. And the second part that ruins it is you have this guy who's holding up the liquor store and we know, well, he's basically outside demanding he's getting in and the owner's like, no, 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 I can't let you in. I can't let you in. If Kim had just not peeked her head out, but she hears this, this is where Kim becomes so stupid again. And where she invites this trouble because she's hearing him say, no, let me in, let me in. I got a pregnant wife. And it's like, I can't let any customers in. Kim's like, Hi there! I'm the yeah, pretty exactly. flawed customer that he let in. Like, Check out my body. I go swimming. Yeah, I got the swimmer's body. <laughs> I'm allowed in. That's what makes her so stupid here. So I, I really was not down on the storyline. I was, I'm not going to say I was looking forward to it, but I'm like, finally, we're going to get into the Kim stuff that makes sense. And still, somehow, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it just... <sighs> Again, we know that she's one of the main stars of this show, probably arguably second, third billing of this show and all this kind of stuff. We get it, but it's just like, I, I, I actually feel sorry for Alicia Cuthbert too, because like, I mean, it's again, she's not doing this herself. Like she just does what yeah. she's been given on page, but like surely even she has to be like, oh, what am I up to this week? Okay. <laughs> oh, getting held up in a liquor store. Sure. All right. Let's bring it on. Oh, that's my famous line. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, you got to feel sorry for her because, like, literally she's doing what she can do. Well, um, and, and, like, yeah. also one thing that we have to remember is that these actors aren't necessarily going to speak up. I mean, when we talk to Leslie Hope about the amnesia storyline, you know, mm. she would bring it up, but she also wasn't going to be, like, so firm on this. Like, no, you guys can't do this because she's like, this is my job. Yeah. I have to do my job. You know, she knows that if she doesn't have this job, she's going to be looking for another job. Like these are working actors. They're not you know, actors who can go out and get. It's not Terry you know, Hatcher. I mean, I Terry yeah, Hatcher not, would demand a rewrite. Re exactly. I mean. Yeah. 
Uh, but I mean, but even like, like Keith Sutherland, like the star of the show, like he might, like as a producer, he might be able to be like, well, no, mm-hmm. I don't agree. But like, you're right. Like, or if if you're like two or three seasons, I'm sure Carlos Bernard by season four would have some input and he would have enough leverage to say, no, I don't want to do, I don't think this is right. But like, this is not only a working actor, but she is a young working actor. Like she's not experienced in the business. She doesn't want to develop a reputation. So I would love to get her on because I have a feeling we would get a similar reaction from Alicia Cuthbert that we got from Leslie Hope where even she would be like, yeah, you know, I just, I didn't like the storylines they gave me, but I didn't want to say anything. But I think you hit the nail on the head though, as a young, like, I mean, this is her breakout role as well though. Um, And also tell we should really point out television is much different in 2003. Whereas like this stuff is just, it's accepted. You know, this is what you're watching. You know, this isn't the golden age of television where we're expecting a lot better now. Like, can I just point out, like, as of today recording this, um, I just caught up on all of Manifest from last year. And <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? I don't, I don't know. Have, I don't, but it's like, I really don't have time to read right now. <laughs> I got all these books. I bought some new books. I don't know when I'm going to have time to read them. Oh. I caught up on Manifest. How many hours? It, how many in, James Bond books okay. could you have finished in the time it took me to finish in, Manifest? In all fairness, I'm like half watching it because I'm like filling in this stats book ahead of my job for the Olympics. So I'm kind of only half watching it, right? But like at the same time, like I've I've explained so many times, like I don't like giving up on things. So like I think literally Under the Dome is the only TV show I can think of that I literally was like, nah, I am sick of it. They're they're still under the fucking dome two seasons in. <laughs> Gotham I sort of did, but Gotham's a show I will revisit. I think it was just like I had like so many shows at the same time. Like, oh I keep forgetting mm. Gotham, I'll come back to that. I don't know why with Manifest, but it was like like, it's just, it's so stupid, but at the same time, there are literally things I'm like, yeah, but what happened to them? Like, I, I, spoiler alert, skip ahead if you've not watched the latest season of Manifest. The big twist this season is, Colin, is that they all died, they've all been resurrected, and apparently they're connected to Noah's Ark. They've found <laughs> Noah's Ark. Yep, that's, that's Manifest. So... You you really got to check out that show I told you, you and Noah to watch, the latest Lost Manifest ripoff, La Brea, the one about a giant I... sinkhole in the middle of Los Angeles with dinosaurs inside of it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that sounds entertaining. The thing I like, people give Lost so much. By the way, listen to our Lost coverage returning in April this year. Um, Like, people give Lost or never answer questions. Like, at least, like, say, questions in an episode of Lost formed 5% of the episode. Some episodes, maybe 10, 15%, depending on the type of episode. For the most part, there was the story of the week, bit of fun, bit of comedy, bit of drama, bit of sex. Like, it ticked all the boxes. Manifest is like 95% questions. I swear every single piece of dialogue is like, how, hi, how was your day? But what does that really mean? <laughs> like, like, seriously, you can't be like, oh, the Knicks won last night, but did they really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, don't watch Manifest, says having really caught up on the whole season. Um, the guy, the uh, the actor, the actor guy, Brent Sexton, uh, yes, he was in W, but actually what I know him from, did you ever watch the show Life? It was um, it was like Damien no. Lewis's first thing before Homeland. Um, and a lot of the reason why I ended up watching Homeland was because I love Damien Lewis in Life. It's such an underrated, I think I only ran for like two seasons. He was just kind of like... It was in that period of, like, cop shows where there had to be, like, you know, a quirk, like, Monk. And why do we always bring mm. up Monk? I don't know. Um, but, like, <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, what's not to love? Um, but, like, I don't know. He was just, like, a he what, he'd been sentenced to life for, like, murder or something like that, and then he got found out that he wasn't guilty, but he's a cop, so he was... I don't know. It was, it was 
Blink and You Miss TV show, but I really enjoyed it, and I was sad that it got cancelled. He um, was also in two of your other favourites, Flight Plan and Judging Amy. I actually saw the Flight Plan one, but Judging Amy, I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> would you rather recap Judging Amy or Desperate Housewives? Ugh. <laughs> Time daily, come on. <laughs> Amy Brenneman. I mean, I think Stephen Culp push, pushes it over for Desperate Housewives. <laughs> I honestly think, like, I, I could honestly see you weirdly liking some of both. Like, they're, they're, but they're, they're two different shows. You can't compare the two of them. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's the early 2000s curly hair fest versus Terry Hatcher gets a comeback. And apologies to Terry Hatcher, by the way. I realize she's difficult to work with, but I don't like bagging out Terry. All right? I love me, my Terry Hatcher. So She was a blonde girl. She is literally. Um, what a woman! Would you would you say no to Terry Hatcher? I mean, I, I wouldn't say no to any Bond girl. Just, they've been <laughs> in bed with James. They've been in bed with James Bond. I thought you were about to say I wouldn't say no to anyone. I'm like, who are you, Noah? <laughs> you would say no to one Bond girl. Verity knocked on your door right now. <laughs> oh, but she's never she's never been in bed with James Bond. That's the bragging rights, you know. Like it doesn't matter who you are as a Bond girl, but it's like. If, if I'm good enough for the same woman who's good enough for James Bond, then I win. I see that's a good, that's an interesting point, but I, I could probably say no to some Bond girls. Like, I'm sure if, like, you know, 80 year old Honey Ryder knocked on my door, like, I mean, you, know, you wouldn't say no. Probably not. It's Ursula Andress. Um, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say no to anybody who's slightly famous so I could just brag. Like, yeah, I slept with, you know, that person. You, you uh, wouldn't Colin say no Hewing. to any Bond henchmen. Like, Vargas knocks on oh. your door. You're like, come on in, man. Stamper. You can, you <laughs> wow, Stamper. Some... <laughs> yeah, I think you might want to avoid him. <laughs> or maybe I don't, his, Colin. Uh, maybe I'm into some things. <laughs> um, so I guess I feel like we get the Palmer drama out of the way with. Because, like, famous last words. I feel like a lot of this stuff can be talked about pretty quickly. Um. Mm. So, like, again, the beginning of the episode starts off okay with the reactions. Like, I kind of like this shot of just, like, Palmer again staring at Also, can I just quickly point out, why does the nuclear bomb look exactly the same from Palmer as it does from Kim? They would have to be the exact same distance from it, for one thing. Like, that's the other thing, is that everybody's observing this from the exact same position, apparently, in the exact same distance. So, like, I, I, why couldn't we see... It'd be a little bit brighter for one person than another. And he's in the air. And you he's got a really in, good point like, there. Oregon. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um and I mean we'll talk about like kind of this overhead shot we've got of the bomb from CTU but later on. But anyway. Um but I, I kind of just like sort of, you know, Mike sort of just sitting there. Like, this is one of those moments where I mean, if this was real in real life. Like, you would almost, this would always be talked about in the realms of history. Like, what was the president doing when the bomb went off? Again, mm-hmm. 9-11. We all know the famous footage of Bush being told about the second plane when he kind of just sits there and just has that nod on his, like, it's famous. Like, the, the photo of Barack Obama sitting there with his, like, cabinet watching as Osama bin Laden gets killed. Like, these are famous moments. And I, I know I'm just speaking modern history. Like, I, I'm sure, you know, Winston Churchill and, you know, Woodrow Wilson and all those sort of presidents during war times have had famous things, you know, about that. That famous scene in Pearl Harbor when What's-His-Face stood up from his wheelchair. I mean, <laughs> we know that really happened. So, like, I mean, this would be one of those moments, right, where it was like, what was the president doing? He was sitting there staring out a window and Lynn came in to check in on him. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's what happened. But it's all basically now going to be about, like, retaliation and... Like, okay, 
we're going to nitpick about things about this because realistically, you're not going to go to war within six hours of this happening. Um, hmm. But again, TV shows got a TV show. Like, unless you're setting day three, like we're firmly set in place that this is taking place the minute after day two ends, it's all going to be about the retaliation or, you know, a week later or something like that, fine. But like you've gotta you've gotta do this. The audience needs to see this, you know, and this is what's gonna make up the crux of this story. Let's prove that this recording is fake to avoid a war. So it's 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 a nice storyline. I almost feel, again, never go full nuke, as we've said. Like, make this the whole season. Like make it yeah. that pick up day one, like day two starts and Sir, like, we've gotten this, a nuclear bomb went off two days ago. We're reeling from it, so we're about to go to war. But the whole season is about, like, I mean, it's, it's basic, it's simple, but it's entertaining, you know? Mm-hmm. That's because we get a lot of entertaining stuff with this. So, um, obviously, Palmer's kind of looking at all the details and, you know, he's gotten all, I love the, you know, oh, we've analysed the audio, sir. Again, they got this audio like an hour ago <laughs> and we're going to get this fucking CTU guy going, we've got every single expert in the world has done this. Like, in an hour? At 10 o'clock at night? On yeah. a Saturday? <laughs> it took Randy Murdoch six hours to analyze one picture. <laughs> and yet fucking the best audio production people in the world are just sitting around on a Saturday night going, oh, fuck, I'm bored. Oh, what's this president? <laughs> Verify recording. Oh, I can do that. Sure. Um, we get uh, Dean Nor. Oh, no, we sorry. We get the phone call here from um, the deputy prime minister of Yemen. Like, this is an outrage, sir. Like, how the fuck does the deputy prime minister of Yemen know that a nuclear bomb has gone off, but, like, local news in Los Angeles is reporting, oh, maybe it was a nuclear bomb. We don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, how does how, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. Um, I'm not saying that, like, the Deputy Prime Minister of Yemen isn't more connected than, like, CNT41 of, like, local news Los Angeles. But, I mean, this happened in their backyard. This didn't happen in yeah. Yemen. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think freaking like Malaysia was calling up Bush ten minutes after nine eleven, going our, our sincere <laughs> condolences, Mister President. While people in New York are going, what the fuck's happening? Still, <laughs> is that not suspicious? <laughs> like the bomb's about to go off. Oh, I'm so sorry about the bomb going off, but the bomb hasn't gone off yet. Uh, I'll call back in ten minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, and I get, I get it, like, this is meant to be a bit suspicious, but, like, you know, Palmer being all like, oh, yes, I I should hope you're sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and basically, Dean Norris is back to basically show that USA are the number one force in the world. We're going to send fucking every man and his dog over to these countries. We're going to bomb the shit out of them. We're going to blow this out. We're going to blow that out. It's going to take us five fucking weeks. 10,000 of our men will die, but fuck it, USA, USA. It's basically what they're like, right? And I love... I love Palmer here who's all like, yes, uh, I'm going to put out a statement and then we're going to get an emergency session of Congress to go to war. And it's like, maybe I'll wait six hours until I address the nation. Is that enough time, <laughs> Dean Norris? And Dean Norris is like, yeah, it is. Okay, then, well, we'll wait six hours. Like, why? Because you see that map of, like, the planes leaving, like, Chicago, I think, and you look at the map, the flight path, it's like, why aren't they based on the East Coast? Like, fucking hell, if New York's getting bombed, Jesus, hang on a minute, they're going to come from Chicago. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> off they pop. Are they not, like, filled, the Middle East is filled with fucking aircraft carriers? Um, They're already stationed there because of 9-11, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. the Iraq wars around about that time as well. <laughs> why are they sending them from Chicago? Why is it taking them <laughs> six hours? Jesus Christ, USA. In this fictional 24 universe, fucking they destroyed Afghanistan or they found Bin Laden in five minutes. Bauer went there and found him. So there he is. Okay. Um, but, I mean, again, I'm nitpicking because obviously you've got to drag this out for the next, you know, 
six or so hours, and it it, it does add a level of tension. As unrealistic mm. as it is, it adds tension, and I like it. As dumb as it is, he me nitpicking with that. I do also like that the fact that is it the conversation Palmer's having like with Mike and Lynn, and basically. He's he's pretty much getting permission from Mike and Lynn to go to war, and they're just like, "Yes, sir. Yes, you should." Like, you don't consult with like the Secretary of Defense, the Vice mm-hmm. President. Like, like we don't, don't get the Vice President for another hour. Like Alan Dale, like the esteemed. Like, why aren't you consulting with the Vice President? <laughs> like, I mean, mm-hmm. Lynn, we, we've already established he's really not anyone. And okay, Mike, the Chief of Staff, but does the Chief of Staff have like? you know, rights on policy on U.S. going to war with other countries. <laughs> like The entire Congress is sitting there going like, yes, we're going to go to war. The Secretary of Defense, everyone. But we don't have the President's Chief of Staff's okay, <laughs> so we can't go to war. Damn it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then basically a lot of it ties into the Jack stuff. Um, and we got this great conversation between Palmer and Mike where, you know, Mike's basically like, the recording's real. And Palmer's like, but Jack says it's not. It's like, well, every other government official does. Palmer's like, but Jack says it's not. Yeah. Like, But Jack. But, but Jack. Again, we joke, if this show, everyone listened to Jack, this show would be called 12. And yes, spoiler alert, Jack is right. Okay? Spoiler alert. And But Mike's doing his job. Like, I mean, yeah. Mike is literally there going... Sir, we've gotten all the experts out of bed at midnight on a Saturday. They've analysed the shit out of this for one hour and they've established firmly that this is real. We've got the word of one man denying it. Although, having said that, I'll come back to that because I think they should believe him more than they ultimately do because, realistically, he has literally no reason to lie at all. We'll get Mm -hmm. back to that in a minute. Um, But then I kind of like this dialogue between Mike and Palmer because... Mike is going to become a bit of a player in this season with the conspiracies and things that are going to happen. So this is kind of the first real fractures between the relationship between Palmer and Mike, and I like that. Um, So, yeah, basically there's a key thing I missed with Palmer here, but that relates to the Jack storyline. But um, it's not really Palmer drama. It's more presidential Palmer doing his job this week. So, again, this is what I wanted to see for all fucking 15 episodes beforehand, not him sipping around, drinking whiskey, fucking talking to Sherry and locking up journalists, this is what he should have been doing all day, being the president of the United yeah. States. You know what? I'm, I'm really interested when we get closer to the end of the season to revisit this whole Mike Palmer drama uh, because as much as I loved season two when it first aired and especially love the finale, and I think I'll still stand by how great the finale is, I remember walk away from season two almost being angry at the treatment of Mike. I'm like, Mike deserved better. And you know, this is sort of the beginning of it, but obviously there's going to be more to it, but... I, I don't know. I mean, this, this is, this is the way that a president is supposed to surround him. He's supposed to surround himself with the different opinions. You know, he's Mm -hmm. supposed to have this consensus and here you have everybody giving the same opinion. And along with some of the stuff last week where they almost go too far in making Palmer and Jack the heroes like, oh, everybody has to be games and they have to be the only smart ones. There's that line where Mike says, you know, every single expert has said that these recordings are real. And he goes, everybody but Jack Bauer. Like, it's <laughs> such an overly dramatic line that, you know, even though, okay, yes, yes, it's true. Yes, you know, Palmer's in the right. I almost end up resenting Palmer and Jack because I don't feel like you should be setting up your heroes at the expense of other characters. And yeah. uh, I, that was my biggest complaint when we covered Titanic years ago, is that the only way they could make 
two heroes of that movie is to make everybody else so idiotic that it was unbelievable. Uh, and and I don't quite buy that everybody would be like, no, these recordings are definitely real because the the biggest mistake they made in writing the show is one of the best moments of this episode where Dean Norris is giving his projection of, you know, we could do this, we would lose 20 or 30,000 people. And that's like already a dramatic moment. He goes, and what if China and Russia decided to side with these countries? And he goes, then the casualties would be unlimited. Like it's, it, it, why is that not the talking point? Like it, it mm. does, from this point on, it does not make sense for anybody to be like, oh yes, the recording is definitely real because they have said we could lose everything. We have to be more careful. If you don't include that line, it's a little bit more plausible that that you know you would be following uh, Palmer or whatever, uh, or that these other people would not be following Palmer. But as soon as that line is said, every person should be like, "Take a step back, okay? Do we want to lose everybody in this country?" It, they that's where it goes too far. And oh, Palmer and Jack have to be the only smart ones. And I'm going to even bigger problems in this episode once we get to Jack and, and the way he handles things. Again, uh, yeah. these are characters who are right, but the way that they write it in this season, you, it's not believable. Like you're going too far in creating this dis- dissension in the ranks, you know? And, 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 and again, like I agree with everything you say, and I just want to point this out again. I understand that TV shows got a TV show. You've got to do this to create drama, to drag this out longer. And, and, like, it's not going to be realistic. Of course it's not going to be realistic. So of course, we're going to – we understand this is entertainment. We are entertained. We understand that. But we are here nitpicking and analysing as we do on this show. I think the key thing is what they missed an opportunity with. You throw away a line here about China and Russia. In all mm-hmm. realism, China and Russia, why would they be against this? Like, we, we established this a couple of episodes ago when he's like, we're going to start World War Three. Like, again – we keep bringing up 9-11. We'll just bring up any conflict that the U.S. gets involved in. I remember the Iraq, and I was going to mention about Iraqi because there's a lot of parallels to what happened with that, is that I think, you know, there was a lot of people against the Iraq invasion, like so many people. Like I remember when the French didn't want to get involved and the U.S. got so angry, they were like, we're going to stop calling French fries yeah. French fries. We're going to call them freedom exactly. fries. And, like, I remember, like, in Australia, we were one of the only few countries that, like, stood by them. And, like, so I remember all the shit that Australia got for basically being up George Bush's ass in, like, the 2000s because they were like, why is Australia fucking Australia? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but, like, at no point does, like, Russia and China all of a sudden go, well, hey, look at this. Everyone hates America, so let's side with our old buddies Iraq. Like, it just, it makes no sense. So, my point with this is have somebody say, like, have, like, oh, sir, we've just gotten word from China that they're going to take this opportunity or, like, right, like, Add more to this because you're right. Mm-hmm. Like that whole throwaway line the other week about this could start World War Three. What this turns into with this whole Cyprus recording that is just stop America's invasion. It should be about stopping World War Three. Like this yeah. is the entertaining factor about it. Like if we do this, China and Russia will definitely get involved because they hate us so much in the 24 fictional universe. So like do that. You're missing an you- opportunity. You know what's a really interesting thing they could have explored is – leave out the whole thing. Oh, what if they side with them? What if you simply said, listen, these are the three countries you know about, but we've received some Intel that China and Russia might have also been in on this. Yeah. And now it becomes, okay, this, this becomes more of a drama for the rest of the season because now Palmer is, is caught between a rock and a hard place. He's like, okay, these recordings might be fake and we could start a war by believing it. But if these recordings are real, 
then we're in real trouble, which is why we have to act now instead of saying, let's act in two or three days. And yeah, I, mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head too. Like have like this caveat of, oh, it's Middle East and terrorists, but actually Russia or China. About, and like, let's be honest, we know moving into future seasons, this will be a thing that Russia and China are involved more. So they yeah. will use this later on. So it's not like we're sitting here going like, oh, they should have done this. We're not dumb Ben and Colin. They actually do do this. But like, <laughs> I do. think, dude, <laughs> I was going to say it, but I was trying to be an adult, but <laughs> you're a child. Um, but I think... Because, like, that adds stakes to it. Like, think about the Cold War, because we're that old and we remember the Cold War. But, like, what was so nerve-wracking about the Cold War and, like, the end of the world and all that kind of stuff was the fact that if we nuke Russia and Russia nukes us, then that's going to be the end of the world because you're just going to go pew, 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 nuke each other. Same with all the threats that if North Korea nukes, oh, we're going to pew, 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 nuke each other. So this is where the threat should be. But, like, we have, like, you've got the massive threat. A nuclear bomb has gone off on US soil. So this is, like, more than weapons of mass destruction in iraq this is a fucking nuclear bomb this is at the absolute teetering point i'm gonna retaliate i'm the president fuck you we're usa so like do it with the fact of knowledge of that we have to retaliate against china they nuked mm-hmm. us we need to nuke them so we're yeah. gonna nuke them at 6 a.m and we're gonna fucking nuke beijing maybe the desert outside of beijing because technically they didn't nuke allies so we're not that cruel and heartless so that is the the caveat for this. So again, we're rewriting this. We, we enjoy a lot of this stuff moving forward, but um, blah 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 blah. You um, know, I also I just want to quickly say I also love the line where um, Palmer's asking about casualties, and he goes zero. Mike's like zero or close to it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Palmer like again, Dick Palmer again a week ago, all like no, not Jack Bauer, no, not the fish, not this, not that, simply unacceptable. All of a sudden, it's like oh, I need to get word to Jack's daughter and Pastor Mark and all says, "Sir, it wasn't Jack, it was another pilot." And Palmer's like, "Oh, thank God!" Like Palmer straight away, he's like, "Oh, phew!" It's not like he says, "Oh, that's still tragic." Get me the family of whoever did. Like he's trying to be like, "We know somebody flew the plane." Like, yeah. what about poor Mason's son? And exactly. then also, like, he says right after this scene, all right, so I'm going to go to the press at 6 a.m. and tell them zero casualties. Mike just said, or close to it. It's like, eventually it's going to come up. We had zero casualties. And then the two or three people whose families who did die, like, what about them? Or Mason's son's going to be like, somebody flew that plane. That's a casualty. There was a girl guide scout group out there at some point. Like the, the, the Girl Scouts of America had like lost half their troops. Um, the cookies aren't going to sell anymore. Like th- this is the thing. Like when it, 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 it really does remind me. Maybe it's just a 24 trap we need to keep an eye on. We joke as much as we like about the 747 blowing up. It's in the Harvey Desert. Anything that happens in the Harvey Desert is tragic for five minutes and people forget about it. Last season it was 747. This time it was a nuclear bomb. Oh, well, back on with your day. Like, I mean, Seriously. But also, he, he contradicts himself, Palmer. He straight away is like, I'm going to release a statement. And then straight away, nah, six hours later, I'll go on yeah. Good Morning America with Al Roker or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you got to wait to talk to Al Roker. <laughs> <laughs> Was it What's His Face Still a Thing back then? Um, Matt Lauer. Uh, Matt Lauer. Thank you. I know we're not, really, we're not meant to mention him anymore, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Um, I'm going to lump the Jack and CTU stuff together because it, it kind of is the same. Um, so <laughs> just, oh, good old, like, first of all, CTU, like, they're staring at this nuclear bomb. It's all like, oh, my God, like, uh, so good that they've just gotten a drone above the nuclear bomb ready to go. Like, I mean, phew, lucky they had that going. Too bad they I couldn't have like, gotten a jet there. <laughs> I, I, I love, like, everyone's reaction. They're just kind of, like, staring at the screen going, 
okay. Nuclear bomb. Hmm. Okay. Couple of problems with this. A, it was their job to stop it. They didn't. <laughs> that that government department should be shut down. Uh, secondly, they were more reacting last season when Palmer was apparently dead in the thing, you know. And they're like, literally, you've got... Uh, uh, what's her name, Carrie? I'm calling her Pig Nose. She has a pig nose and it oh. annoyed me this week. <laughs> I was staring at it this week I, going, oink, oink, oink. Like, I just, have not noticed her nose yet. Uh. Oh. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to this actress and a pig nose, but I just hate these characters so much. And, like, all we get this week is her just staring obnoxiously off and looking at other people's business. Why is she brought in to just stare at other people's business and create Days of Our Lives drama? It's just yeah. stupid. Go go roll in some mud. Um, so, And why is the, she? If she's replaced with Paula, why is she in the department heads meeting that we have? Exactly. And also, when we're watching this nuclear bomb go off, I notice that, like, Jimbo, the construction worker, is just in the background staring at this nuclear bomb. <laughs> the government department, highly classified. He didn't know. He's going, oh, fuck, something to tell the kids tomorrow morning. <laughs> this this is the brother of the liquor store robber. <laughs> I, I, I saw Wait. something on a screen here at CTU. Well, in all seriousness, you could Get probably... Get some Cheetos and bread. Tie that into it. Like, that is weirdly works out well, doesn't it? Like, my my brother Larry was working at CTU. <laughs> and why is he working at midnight? Like, what's this construction worker doing? No one works that late in Los Angeles on like a if Saturday. The, if the building hasn't collapsed yet, what else is there for them to do? Well, do you notice? I actually, one thing I noticed this week, like, I think you see a bit of, like, sheeting in the background, but I love how they've got all their desks set up perfectly again. Like, yeah. I mean, everything's back to normal at CTU. A bit of blood over there. There's Jenkins over there. There's Smithers' bones uh, hanging on the wall. Paula's thumb. Anybody yep. need Paula's thumb? Oh, but then good old Tony, our fearless leader of CTU, once again, does he not give the same speech as last week? Yeah. Guys, I feel like we're all having a long day. <laughs> but we've got time to mourn later on. We've still got to work on this site. So back to work, champs, old buddies, old pals. Like, I mean, it's just, he's, I, sorry, Carlos Bernard, you're a great man. I love you. I would, you'd be my top five people to get on this show. But like, seriously, you're a shit leader. Like, Tony, <laughs> the character of Tony. Like, I'm sure Carlos Bernard in real life would be a great leader. But the Is he worse Tony, next season, though? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, he gets a bit I mean, as a, season. as a character... He's better next season, but like, I, yeah, I think that Tony's going to become our Palmer of CTU. Where but, by the time we reach the end of his tenure, we're going to be like, wow, like the Tony years were not good. But this, this is the thing we've always said with Tony from the beginning. They just they don't know what to do with Tony, and this mm-hmm. is what gets frustrating with Tony when we get to later seasons. Because even when they do something slightly interesting with Tony, they then don't know what to do with slightly interesting Tony. And he's like the only one that comes back in freaking Legacy. And even then it's just like, well, what's the point of Tony being back in Legacy so we can loosely tie it back to the original timeline? So like, hey, this is the same show, but we've got Blackjack instead. Like, it's just, it's just, I feel bad for Carlos Bernard. I really do. Because he seems like a genuinely nice guy. And probably outside of Jack and Chloe, he is the most beloved person from 24. And it just, it annoys me that they just waste his character. Like, I don't know what else you could do with him, but I don't know. Like, just, this is a shit speech. Like, I know you're all tired, but get back to fucking work. Um, And then he gets a bit old racist here with Bob or whatever it is. Like, I just love how he's just such a dick to this guy. He's just all like, no, we're not sharing anything now. Piss off. And then we also learn that Michelle's interrogating Saeed Ali, because why not? <laughs> they have nobody there to do this? Of course she is. Um, like, Baker, why isn't Baker doing this? Baker's there. 
Like, Daniel Day Kim menacing. I saw how he treated Sun, like, at the beginning of Lost. Like, wouldn't let a unbutton a blast with a bit of nipple showing. He got angry. Old Pig Nose here is being old Snoopy Snoop. Um, <laughs> I just love Michelle here interrogating, like, these are three men. They're all high-ranking officials of Amman, Yemen, and Burkina Faso. This is a recording we found in your apartment. This is all happening here. You're, you did this. You're a bad man. Now, this is my biggest thing, though, with this storyline. Because I love how the, the whole caveat here of, like, you know, oh, why would I lie? And Michelle's like, because you want to protect your country. Like, this is where, like, Michelle, CTU, and everyone is dumb. Why does he want to protect his country when he's kind of against his country mm-hmm. and has been against, he's, like, everybody is basically denouncing him as this, like, I don't think Afghanistan or that or, you know, the, the proper ranking officials of Afghanistan ever said, like, yes, Osama bin Laden, he's our homie. <laughs> like, no, like, he was part of the, what, Al-Qaeda, a faction, like, it wasn't the government. So, like, yeah. you know, I it's just, I, I'm fully, this sounds weird. I'm on board beside Ali here because it's kind of like he's literally like, he's like, I have got no reason to lie. That is fake. I was in Berlin. Like, for fuck's sake, we spent half of this season with Bob Warner on that trying to find out and connect Razor slightly to him because, oh, they were connected. They've got all the records of where Ali flies. Mm-hmm. Why did they just, well, actually, hang on a minute. We had all those yeah, documents <laughs> earlier in the day. Oh, you're right, Berlin, you were. Oh, well, fake. Like, again, this is my biggest thing that, like, it, it just is convoluted because, spoiler alert, the Cyprus recording is fake. I'm spoiling it now. We spoiled already that the bomb went off, so we may as well spoil that now. But, like, you saying about how, like, Palmer and Jack, and, like, I'm going to have issues with Jack as well here because I just think it's stupid how Jack handles this. I know he's got to be our hero and be all, like, daring Jack and against the norm Jack. That's what we love. But, like... It's just, it makes no plausible sense to me that they would be so firm on the fact that, like, oh, he's definitely lying. This is real. Let's go to war. Like, again, he has legitimately no reason to lie. Like, yeah. like absolutely well, none. I, well, well, I'll, well, we'll discuss that in a minute. <laughs> discuss it now. We're on okay, the topic. Well, okay, so my issue with this is when Jack goes up to him, uh, he says, by the way, when we tried to kill your son, that was fake. So were these recordings real? Like, I feel like him telling Syed Ali that would make him more likely to lie. Like, it's not like when he talks to Michelle, completely, yeah, there's no reason for him to lie. But if 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 I were being interrogated for something and somebody shot Casper, shot Remy, shot Casey in front of me, and I assume they're dead, I'll probably give them the information or whatever. They shot one of the kids. I might give them the information so they don't shoot the other. Which others. one? But the, yeah. <laughs> Who's the one that's yelling right now? One of uh, them. But- that, if it was that one, no. But if it was that one, I'd absolutely <laughs> tell them everything. The other one, I'd thank them for it. <laughs> but, like, if then you say afterwards, oh, yeah, we faked that whole thing. I'm going to be quite angry about that. But then I'm also going to feel like, wait, now I have leverage. You didn't kill my family. I'm right back in that mode of I am the terrorist. I'm going to execute my plot. I'm going to do whatever I can. So they should never have had Jack say that because it actually makes it more likely that he would lie from that point on. It's 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 a, it's a great point. I agree with you. But at that point, like, he's not all of a sudden going to switch his stories. He's already kind of given his statement and he doesn't know that at the point. The thing that also that it kind of makes no sense to me is that as a terrorist, his goal, like, he's technically succeeded. Okay, he didn't kill millions of people in L.A., but he still fucking got a nuclear bomb to go off in America. So yeah. this is another thing. Why would he lie? Why would he be like, 
uh, like, yeah, no, like, no, that, that, like, if, he should be like, no, that wasn't the government. It was me. It was second wave. Like, we did it. Like, terrorists brag about this shit all the time. Like, this is what they want. They want the attention. Like, yeah. Bin Laden wasn't exactly going on, like, yeah, no, you should, you know, please don't bomb, <laughs> you know, my country. I need to protect my country. But, but Bin Laden's going, no, fuck, it was me. Like, attack us. We did it. You know, Al Akbar, death to America. Like, again, no reason to lie. He's bragging about this shit. So, like, you know, I just, uh, anyway, um, Michelle, like, I love you, Rako Ellsworth, but you, you know Jack. Um, other random CTU stuff, we get this meeting where you've got all the experts and we've got random pig nose Michelle <laughs> conflict. Um, Tony and, and I like to call Michelle pig nose. She's definitely not pig nose. Um, Tony and Michelle have a bit of a snappy argument at each other. Ooh, okay. You should have backed me in there. Oh, didn't know. We're not going to get pizza afterwards. Oh, no. Um, Saeed Ali gets transported out. Um, Jack and Tony have, I, I love like, Jack, Tony barely registered anything on the phone to Jack. Like, you're going to die. Oh, well, it was nice working with you. Now it's like, oh, I'm glad you're back, Jack. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. You know, go Cubs. Um, so they have kind of a little little exchange here and, you know, hey, let's get a hold of Kim, sure. Again, does Jack imply that he's about to go home finally? Because he kind of says, like, I've got a few more things to clear up. Because, again, Jack, not an agent. So Jack makes a phone call, has a domestic on the phone with some cop woman. Oh, where's my daughter? I don't know. We'll call this number. Okay. Um, Sidely, yeah, getting transported out. I love how Sidely little goes off at Jack. Um... I should mention in that meeting, it was kind of important that everyone here is still saying this is real and Michelle's the only person who's doubting it because Michelle got a word, you know, from Syed Ali. So Michelle pulls Jack aside and is all like, hey, so everyone here thinks it's um, real. I think it's fake. And Jack's going to be like, yeah, I believe you, random woman I've only known for like <laughs> three hours because <laughs> um, why not? Um, and so this basically then sets us up for the rest of the episode. Jack goes outside Ali and he's basically like, hey, so didn't kill your kid. Lol. Uh, so by the way, is that recording fake? So Adelaide's like, yes, it's fake. Pew, pew, pew. He dies. Great security. Once again, at CTU. This is a government building that was fucking bombed earlier on, but they can't even spot a sniper on the roof opposite side. So no wonder the fucking bomb went off. Uh, <laughs> they can't even protect their own. Um... So basically then the whole conflict for the rest of this episode is that everybody believes this is um, a real recording. Jack says no. Tony's all like, I'm the boss now. You listen to me. I'm right. You're wrong, even though you're Jack Bauer. Um, Jack Bauer gets a phone call. Well, no, he goes to talk to old Bob in the toilet. Bob doesn't care. Bob buggers off. Gets a random phone call. It's Gaines again. I've got your daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm watching you. Um, go kill Palmer. We finally need to kill him. Um... But basically this guy's all like, hey, so I killed Ali. The recording's fake. Bring me Kate. And Jack's like, why do you want Kate? Because I do. Click. Be here in half an hour. So the rest of this episode is going to be all Jack stealing Kate away from poor old Baker, to which all of a sudden then we get a little bit of conflict between Jack and Tony. We get a little bitch fight, basically to explain why Carlos Bernard will be on crutches for the rest of this episode, which I'll talk about in a moment, because this fight was apparently meant to be a whole more epic than this. And Jack gets away. Now, I've skimmed over a lot there. I I don't know if you'll get the same problem with this. Like, there is no reason that Jack just can't go to Tony and yes. just say, Hey, Tony, how you doing? Cool, go Cubs. By the way, just got a phone call from a random guy who killed uh, Syed Ali. He wants yes. me to take Kate there in half an hour. Uh, this is our best lead. Tony, I'm sure, will be like, 
Sounds pretty good to me, Jack. You've got Baker, you've got the candlestick maker, you've got the butcher. Fucking go off and do what you need to do, my friend. Like, again, I get it. This is 24. We need to have Jack going against the man to, like, create some drama and tension so we're on board with Jack. But Jack is a dick here. Like, Mm -hmm. Jack has no reason to be all... Like, last season had a reason. He had his family held hostage. He had every reason under the sun to be evil Jack. This season, he has literally no reason. He should go straight to Tony, call up fucking Chappelle, like whatever. Jack, I'm sorry, you're bringing this shit on yourself. Tony's ankle didn't need to get broken. And I'm going to have an even bigger problem with this uh, next week too. Um, uh, But see, here's the problem. From Tony's perspective, should Tony at least entertain the idea and say, you know what, Jack, if you think this thing is fake, then go analyze the recordings. You yeah. and Michelle, Michelle's busy, but you're not an agent. You're not on my payroll. You're, you're, you, we're not even accounting for you today. So I'll use you as that my resource. You're the resource. Yeah. Go explore this. Yes. Okay. So Tony could have did that, but Tony's also been told every single person has analyzed this in the last 30 minutes <laughs> and they definitely say it's real. So you kind of see it from his point of view. It's definitely breast cancer. Uh, but yeah, the biggest problem here is the fact that Jack doesn't try anything. Like he goes to Tony once, Tony says, no, he has reason to. Then Jack receives a phone call. He gets concrete proof here. Hi, I'm the, uh, the guy who just killed your suspect. Uh, it was totally fake. Bring me Kate. So now you are being told, yes, there's a bigger plot behind this. You, you, you have a validate because he's talking about Kate, somebody he shouldn't know about. How would he know that Syed Ali was just killed? All these things add up. You have one conversation with Tony. Even if Tony, let's have him go to Tony and let's have Tony say, if you want to still go the route of Jack is rogue and nobody believes him, then you have him go to Tony and you have Tony logically say, listen, Jack, an hour ago, you were willing to kill yourself for a cause when George could have done it and George did do it anyways. You know, you, you... Help this out. We're glad, but you've had a death sentence this entire <laughs> season. You are Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, and I'm not going to allow you to continue to jeopardize it. Oh, how convenient that this guy just called you. Like, you would still kind of see it from Tony's point of view at that point. It, you Make this the thing. This is what I was saying last week, how they should have done a little bit more about Jack with the death wish. Because then you could actually have this make more sense when Jack has to go rogue. But you, you know that Simpsons episode where Ned Flanders goes crazy might be one of the best episodes the show ever had? Yeah. Um, the hurricane episode. And they have the flashback to when Ned was like a really bad, naughty boy. And his parents, the beatniks, took him to the psychologist. And they actually have that line. It's like, we've tried nothing. We're all out of ideas. Like, that's all I think about with Jack. I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. So he decides, <laughs> I am going to kidnap a woman. Uh, it technically is it against her will. I mean, he's not filling her in. There's not consent there. <laughs> so it's against well, is, her ki- will. is kidnapping ever with someone's will? Like, I want to kidnap well, you. My, okay. My point is, that he's like, come with me. Come with me, if Kate, you if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't fill her in later on. And we get to next week, it's going to become even more of a problem. Uh, but he, he, he just says, come with me. He doesn't say, this is what's going on. He doesn't tell her, your life is in jeopardy. She goes willingly without knowing all the facts. Uh, but he doesn't even try to tell Tony. And then he attacks Tony. Like you had another opportunity to say, <laughs> even pull a gun, pull a gun on Tony and say, Tony, I'm taking Kate. I'm following a lead. You have to trust me. I've tried nothing and a lot of ideas instead. I'm going well, to hit fairness, the man Tony, over the head. 
Tony pulls out his gun pretty quickly. Like, I mean, like, Tony just well, goes from zero he to should. one. He's taking, he's taking the only person who's been able to identify Sayyid Ali out of the building. Uh, he already knows that Jack's trying to turn Michelle. You turned her against me. <laughs> you have done that yourself, Tony. Uh, it's just none of this makes any sense. And I, I and I feel like this episode would almost be worthy of a buy, even with some of the issues that we've had, because there's good material in this episode. There's good intrigue. Yeah. We have the shooting of Syed Ali, and then they just sort of ruin it with this ending. And maybe if they had held off for another week before they had Jack go rogue, but now we're, 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 we've exploded the bomb. We're already back into, let's tell the story way too quickly. All right, so we're going to have uh, the, the revelation of a recording. We're going to have, oh, the recording might be fake. Um, yeah, I got nothing else to add. I mean, they kind of wrecked what could have been a good episode here with a really dumb ending. It's, and I think too, like, like again, he's just he's kidnapping Kate. Like Kate just comes across as dumb. Like oh yeah, sure. Poor Baker. You know, <laughs> middle of interrogation. Michelle, oh you fucked the Jenkins report up again. <laughs> Fucking fix it. <laughs> Baker's like oh no, not again. Oh, I don't want to lose my job. Like why are you wasting Daniel Ray Kim on just pointless crap like this? Um, but it's like oh, I just it's kind of funny this Tony Jack fight. Like it's just I don't know. I one thing I'll say though, I think like you were saying before about like why doesn't Tony kind of, I guess, go along with this idea. Like, I think the power goes to Tony's head very quickly because he kind oh, yeah. of turns into Mason. Like, you know, yeah. just like, oh, I'm not going to believe anything you say, Jack. Like, Tony before was all like, hey, yeah, let's listen. Let's, I've got your back. I've got this. I've got that. Even last season when we spent half the season hating Jack, by the end of it, he was all like, hey, man, I've got your back. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Do this. Like, I get it. Tony's got this promotion. He's trying to impress I don't know, Chappelle. He's been in control for an hour. Like, already he's, like, fucking dictator Tony. Like, just, you know, pulling guns on people, getting his leg broken. Um, the the true story around this, which I think I've alluded to before, but um, basically Carlos Bernard broke his ankle playing basketball on the Christmas break. And apparently it was, like, a severe, like, to the point where he needed surgery and screws and, like, it was just, like, completely fucked. <laughs> Um, so like he spent a lot of this season, like it's, it'd be interesting to go back and rewatch it, like standing up behind the desk, like, you know, not yeah. doing things. Um, and so apparently they'd also written in this to be like a legitimate, like they're going to be punching each other. They're fighting down the stairs, like fucking casino oh. Royale style, apparently. But apparently even Kiva Sutherland had a dodgy knee. So like, um, you know, even they tried stuff and it didn't work. So they're basically like, why doesn't Jack just like break his ankle? It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so they could have Carlos Bernard on crutches for the rest of this season. That was the excuse. Um, but I'm like, I'm with you. Like, I think that, like, I mean, we'll get to the ratings here in just a second. Like, I'm not binning this episode, but I, I very much would have nearly bought this episode. So I wonder what Ben's going to do with it. Um, but yeah, like, it's because I will say this episode goes by pretty quickly. Like, this episode doesn't exactly drag or anything. Like, it's, it's entertaining. It's just us nitpicking the shit out of it because we're the Oz Network and what else would we be doing? So, um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'm looking at, um, what are we seeing here? The trivia. During a conversation with Palmer at approximately 11.45, a tear is unexpectedly seen streaming down Mike Novak's face as he says the line, it isn't. It instantly disappears. Oh, okay. It isn't. Um, That's the saddest thing in this episode. It isn't. Yeah. Um, starting <laughs> what with is episode- it? Now I need to know. Am starting- I going to have to go back and watch this to find out what it isn't? I don't know. Uh, starting with this episode, the music for the previous on 24 segments changes for the remaining episodes of day two. Okay. Um, 
In the previously on 24, Michelle introduces Yusuf Alda to Tony, but in the previous episode, Tony, in fact, showed Michelle. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> glad you're there to clear this up for us. Well, now I'm going to buy it. I'm glad that we cleared that up. I know. Um, memorable quotes. You talk to Michelle? No, I talk to Ali. <laughs> okay. Um, also, actually, that's funny. I just read the quote there from Kim Bauer. Why was Kim so willy-nilly able to, like, earlier on in this season, tell everyone that the nuclear bomb's going off? Now yeah. she's questioned when she says, it's starting. What's starting? Nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to rent this episode. Oh, so- shock horror. Um, because, again, I, like... I almost was going to buy it, but then, like, the Kim stuff, I just, I think I forget how bad the Kim stuff actually is. Um, and it just, I don't know, like, and just, the, it's entertaining, but there are a few plot points where it's just like, that just makes no sense. And, like, mm-hmm. also, the like, the one thing, too, that really needs to be pointed out, with the whole Tony and everyone believing this is real, like, it's almost just like they all want to go to war. Like, at, at no yeah. point are they literally going like, oh, we really should double-check this. This could be World War Three. They're just like, no, for half an hour, 12 experts said it is. It's definitely real. And, like, is this all the evidence they need to go to war? Like, again. Yeah, one recording. Af- Afghan, uh, Iraq. They spent how many months trying to work out if they were weapons of mass destruction and they weren't really? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even then they went to war, but it took them, like, six months to make up the bullshit that they did to go to war. This is just like definitely a recording. Blow them up. <laughs> Again, I get it. A nuclear bomb has gone off. The stakes are higher. But I feel like they don't sell that enough. I feel like Palmer should be like so gung-ho or these like Dean Norris or somebody should be like, like, fuck, we were just nuked. Like the entire US military should be going to town on these people. I, I remember after 9-11, like straight away people were like, like, fuck, we need to go blow up somebody. Like we need to do something. But it took them, what, like two, three weeks, a month till they started bombing Afghanistan. And that was just a couple of planes flying into a building. This is a nuclear bomb. All right? Like Jesus Christ. Anyway, rent. Um, <laughs> what are you doing with it, Colin? I'll tell you where I rate it in just a second as well. Yeah, I'm renting it. Um, and, and I really was on board with buying because I, I didn't even count at the time. But I, I started to question myself when I was getting close to the end of this episode thinking, oh, I might buy this one. I'm like, how many have I bought? I've bought five episodes out of the first 16. Mm. It, it, to put that into context, season one, which I said from the beginning and, and even maintained at the end, I'm not as high on season one as most people are. Uh, I had bought five out of the first seven episodes of season one. I bought five out of 16 here in season two. Uh, and I have binned just as many as I bought. But yeah, this one's a rent for me. And I'm going to put it kind of near the middle of my rents. This is going to be like number 26 overall for me. Uh, so sandwiched in between episodes 12 and episodes 14 from this season. So we're in a good renting section, I feel. I'm the same as you in terms of I rate rent uh, bought five of the first seven of season one. And then I've only bought five this season as well. Um, so yeah. And like the, the last week was obviously a buy, but before that I hadn't bought anything since episode nine, same as you. So we'd gone rent, bin, rent, bin, rent, buy now rent. Um, so yeah, I am going to put this at the grand old total of 22nd. So this is actually the third highest rent apparently. So I've got it Mm. sort of highish. But, I mean, again, I still think, like, there's enough in it to be entertained about. There's just enough stuff to take it down a notch. So, 22 out of 40 right now. So, it's kind of on the halfway point. But I don't think it will last there. I think it will drop down as we 
obviously go along further with things. So, um, yes, yes, indeed. Um, next week, um, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, well, rewatched it. I've obviously seen it in the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, a bit more with Kate. Um, and oh, we should have mentioned the guy on the phone had a coral snake. We should have mentioned that was a bit thing. Mm. But uh, we get to meet Alan Dale next week. Yes. Yay, Timmy's Alan Dale's I, on the show next week. I feel his like, own. <laughs> like I remembered a lot of things about this season differently. More the timeline has been weird for me. As in like, oh, this happened here. Uh, this happened here. Like I didn't realize how long it took for Sherry to come into this show. Um, I already said that I thought that the bomb exploded, you know, more around the halfway point in the season. And I remembered the, the, the vice president being a bigger part of the whole second half of the show, but really we're just in the home stretch here. We're in the last third of episodes before he's even introduced. And we're probably not even going to get that deep into him next week. So, I mean, yeah, I'll give, I'll give him credit. He's a character that stands out a lot for probably not a huge chunk of episodes. What's well, Alan Dale? He stands out in everything, Colin Hilding. Australia's <laughs> proudest, like, he's like, what a man, Alan Dale. He's, he's honestly like one of these people that, like, you know, you have your list of the dream people you'd love to interview. But, like, honestly, just like a random person that I would love to interview is Alan Dale just because, like, he's just been in so many great shows. I mean, he's Caleb from the OC. Who doesn't love him? He's freaking Whitmore from Lost. Uh, so what a man, Alan Dale. He's, he's actually from New Zealand too. So does that change your opinion? <laughs> he's, we claim him as an Australian. I think he's an Australian citizen now. He's a fuck about New Zealand. Don't bring them into this. Grant Bowler was born in New Zealand, but who cares about that? He's Australian. Don't steal him away from us. He was in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull playing General Bob Ross, the famous General Bob Ross. That's where I know him from. Did he wear a fedora? (laughs) I mean, he painted if he was Bob Ross. (laughs) Alan Dale. Well, seriously, like like if Alan Dale knocked at your door right now, next to Terry Hatcher, now both proposition yourself, (laughs) that's a tricky one to call. Like, of course know? it is. <laughs> Come on. Alan Dale would know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> so that's next week. Do all the stuff that you usually do. Listen to Breaking Bad and other stuff. And vote for us in the sports podcast. Well, not us. Vote for the Off the, podi- the, off the Podium. Uh, sportspodcastawards.com. Click on the Olympic podcast. Vote for us. None of the other shows. And when I mean, you can vote for other shows in other categories. I mean, no, like shows. Like, yeah. Uh I, I literally don't have another quote. I've marked down one quote, so I'm just going to go off the memorable quotes here. My name is Ben, and you consider going against the grain as some kind of virtue. Uh, and my name is Colin, and I would love to say Ben stole my quote, but I also have none. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)